Bibles in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9. The kids are dismissed. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Going all the way to the, New, the Old Testament, the book of Isaiah. One time somebody told me that you cannot find Christmas in the Old Testament. They're like, really? <laughs> it's written all over the Bible. If you could stand for that reading of God's word, let's look at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Look what it says there. And, and when you jump from Isaiah 9, 6, go to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, okay? Isaiah 9, 6, and we jump to Matthew 9, 21. Um, I'm sorry, Matthew 1, 21. I'm sorry. Uh, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Matthew one twenty one says, And he shall bring forth a son, and I shall call his name Jesus, for, the, for he shall save his people from their sin. And all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken, or spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which be interpreted, God with us. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for this, these passages of Scripture. And Lord, what a wonderful name, the name of Jesus. A name that have changed the pages of history. And have changed the, have changed the heart of thousands of men throughout the ages. And continues to change. May we understand this morning the power of your name. May people that never know you or never put their faith and trust in you. May they take to to face value this morning about the power of Jesus' name and the significance that Jesus' name have in the pages of history. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning, we're going to look at the power of His name. <laughs> uh, I started this morning by asking questions to a person about the, 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 uh, uh, the meaning of, of that, that person's name. And I said, and the person had no idea what I was going to talk about. I was talking about that in my message this morning. But we're talking about a name is the title by which one person is, uh, is designated from another. We have different names, don't we? Uh, we don't have the same name. And if you have the same name, you might have Junior or, or uh, Junior 1 or Junior 2, whatever they call it. Uh, so have something to... Uh, to make a difference between one name and, and another. It is a way for us to tell people places and things apart. In our day, names do not hold much significance. Many people name their children after movie stars and popular people and rich people. You know, I'm glad my mom didn't do that. She named me Joseph. <laughs> I think I'm good with that. You know, I don't, don't plan to change my name. I, I think I like it. <laughs> William Shakespeare said, a rose by any other name would smell just as sweet. For us, names are just a way of telling things apart. It has, uh, it has not always been this way. So in the Old Testament times, a name stood for a person's reputation, their fame, and their glory. Parents often give their children name that describes the parents' hope, hopes and future expectations regarding that child. So... The word translated name in the Old Testament literally means a mark or a brand. 
People are given the names they were given for a reason. A, a study of the Bible uh, names, uh, a study of Bible names often reveals much about the personality of people mentioned in the Bible. For an example, for instance, David means beloved. The name David, King David, means beloved. Abraham means father of a multitude. Jacob means a trickster. Or in a Goliath means a splendor. So all these names prove true. To, all these people prove uh, true to their names because they became to live, to be with the, actually the name meant. So in this message, I want you, I want to talk about a name we all know. I want to talk about the name I mentioned here in Matthew 1, 21 to 23. There must be something special about the name of Jesus. After all, we're celebrating his birth, aren't we? People say, oh, man, Christmas already passed by. No, you can't celebrate Christmas all year round. By the way, when we turn the clock over and go to 2024, we do in what? 2024 A.D., which is after Christ. So we're still celebrating. You know, you know I, sometimes you like some traditions in, in my culture or cultures. We celebrate Christmas until the middle of January. <laughs> so, you know, hang in there. Some people already took the Christmas tree out and their lights and stuff. So what's wrong with these people? You know, they, uh, let the celebration continue. <laughs> Everybody's different. I'm, I'm, not, I'm just being silly. But anyway, but it's something about the name of Jesus. After all, he was given a name uh, to him by God the Father. Look what it says in Matthew one twenty one, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name. It's not Mary's idea. It was not Joseph's idea. It came from heaven. His name, his name shall be Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And behold, thou shalt, thou shalt uh, conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus, Luke one thirty one. So the name Jesus is a name that has been exalted by the Father. You know, God the Father. Look what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. Wherefore God had highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, <coughs> excuse me, that, the, that at the name of Jesus, look what it says, this name is so exalted, this name is so powerful, that it says that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, uh, uh, what am I, in, uh, things in heaven, and things on earth, and uh, things, uh, things under the earth, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of the Father. Listen, you might be watching us on social media. Let me tell you that. You might could say, I could care less about Jesus. I could care less about his name. I could less about anything. You know what? One day, your tongue will confess and your knees will bow. And you would say with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is God Almighty. That's what the scriptures says and that's what would be done. You see, is a hymn writer that says this way. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his holy name. And that's the reason why I love him so. Jesus is the sweetest name I know. There are many famous people, rich people, whose names made impact in history. But, at, but as time passes by, they went to the graves and their names have been, so to speak, forgotten. Some of them stay in the pages of history, but not Jesus' name. 
when Jesus entered history or human history, it impacted the world in such a way that even today, his name still changes and continues to change history. The eyes of the world are in where? Israel. Because he's going to come to the place where he departed and he said, I will come again. Jesus' name changed history, continued to change history, and not only that, and Jesus' name is changing the heart of man. That's what Jesus does. It is a powerful name. There are many names who have impacted history, but no name have impacted human history as Jesus' name. The Bible says the name of Jesus is above every name. The Bible says that uh, uh, says they let the name of Jesus uh, at, the, uh, at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow. Can you imagine that humanity, billions and billions of people bowing the knee to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Just, just for a second, picture that in your mind. The King is coming, and He will rule and reign a thousand years on planet Earth. And every knee will bow. Wow. Let's look at this from several points this morning. Jesus, number one, Jesus' name reveals this personality. Look what it says in verse 23 of Matthew chapter 1. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call, they shall call his name. I like that word shall. Call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. You know, the Bible explains itself right here. Emmanuel, God with us. So when we look at the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, when he was honored, we're not looking at just a mere man, a good teacher, or a prophet. It was God Almighty in the flesh. Amen. Well, I have a problem with that. Well, I have a problem with God. I don't have a problem with that. I don't. Emmanuel, God with us. There are some folks who don't believe that Jesus is God. They believe that he is the son of God, but not God. Well, according to the Bible, that's heresy and wrong teaching. The very name of Jesus reveals who he is, God, with us. The Bible even talks about it. Jesus said about himself, Verily, verily, I say unto you, or truly, truly, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, was because he already died, he says, present tense, I am. Why? You know what the Jews try to do to him? Get some stones and kill him. Because he literally called himself Yahweh. Right. He called himself Jehovah God. Why? And to them was blasphemy. And he said, you know what? Before he even was born, I was already there. Nice. Because I'm the one who created him. God with us. Folks, when Jesus spoke these words, many centuries have passed since Abraham lived on planet Earth. But he said, before he was, I am. Look what it says in John chapter 1, verse 1. Listen, go to John chapter 1, verse 1. And I tell you what, when you open to the book of John, you have to go to something right there. This is what John tried to tell you and me, or every reader, or that, every person that reads the Bible. When you open the book of John, here's what you're going to get. He's presenting you. Presenting you Jesus as God. That's why the way the book of John starts, it starts with the very deity of who Jesus is. Look what it says in John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning 
was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. There is no waving in here. John says, in the beginning, Jesus, the Word, was with God. Look what it says. Look what it says in verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. He was in the world, verse 10, and the world was made by Him, and the world knew Him not. And in verse 11 says, He came to His own, and His own received Him not. Listen, for the Jewish people, there should be no surprise that Jesus show up on the scene as the promised Messiah. It was prophesied. It was promised to him. Why they didn't they rejected him? They should recognize him of all people, but they did. They rejected him. Let me put it this way: This verse comes to a conclusion. Jesus Christ is the Lord. He is Emmanuel, God with us. I believe that Jesus is God. This church believes that Jesus is God. And if you don't believe that Jesus is God, I don't feel bad for you. Oh, I feel bad for you. Letter A. It reveals the super, uh, supernatural baby. The name of Jesus reveals a supernatural baby. Thousands of babies are born each and every day in our world. We just sing happy birthday to Barbara. She was born in the first of the year. You know? And like today, or today and tomorrow, thousands of babies will be born. But Jesus' birth was no, he was no ordinary baby. He was a special baby. Can you imagine God? Some people have a problem with like, well, so if God became a flesh, became a child, who, who, who controlled the universe? God. How did he do that? Because he's God. It's not that difficult. But people want to be too technical. They want to understand it. You know why we, some things we don't grasp for it? Because we're not God. I'm glad I'm not God. <laughs> uh, that wouldn't be a good world. <laughs> so a newborn baby signifies life that comes from God. But when it comes to, to Jesus' birth, it's a bit, a bit different right here. Even though I was born as, as a human baby, he was not, uh, uh, he was born, I'm sorry, uh, he was not a typical birth right here. Jesus, our Emmanuel, God with us. In other words, God took a form of a human flesh so that we could, so he could go to Calvary and pay for the sins of mankind. Look what it says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. He said, think this way, okay? You be in the form of God, taught in no robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took himself a form of a servant, and made, and made in the manner of man, and being uh, found of fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So one thing you need to understand, when Jesus was born to this world, he came with, as promised, he came as prophesied, but he came with a mission. He came so Calvary would be a possibility. Listen, who walk away from God? Did God walk away from us or we walk away from God? In the Garden of Eden, who walked away from God? Mankind did. But God didn't say, you know, I wish you well. God says, you know what, I'm going to do something so I can get you back to, towards me. 
And God made a promise that a Messiah would come and would die for the sins of mankind. And he did. So the Jesus of Bethlehem, the beautiful baby that he see, and all these colors we celebrating, is the Jesus of Calvary. You see, his name is powerful. We see, we have a tendency to think, and, and it's amazing, you know, even TV and stuff, it's hard to find a real Christmas movie these days. It's all about Santa Claus and all that. You know, it's amazing how these things are going. You know, we Christians should know better than that. But goodness, you know, I, I don't want to watch Hallmark movies at Christmas time. You know, all these love stories. It's not about that, it's about Jesus. I mean, if you like to watch the whole March tour, go ahead and watch it, you know. But it's not all about, you know what? You know, the same thing about Easter. About it's not about Easter Bunny. It's about His resurrection. Let it be. It reveals a supernatural birth. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, ah, that's a beautiful word. The Lord Himself shall give a sign. Behold, a virgin shall be con- shall conceived and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. So, if you look at the verse there, the word "shall" means it will happen. It's not like maybe, maybe so. It will happen. A virgin in Israel will be will be with child, and it did happen. And of course, all the naysayers out there, all kinds of stories going on. Blah blah blah. blah. You know, uh, listen, like we said this morning in Sunday school, test the spirit. Test the spirit every time you hear this nonsense that goes on. The world is always going to be the world. The world is always going to try to deny the very Bible that we, we preach and read and live through. You know what? They're always going to try. There's always going to be people that will deny the birth of Jesus. There's always going to be people that will deny his wonderful gift of salvation. You know what? They will die in their sins with no hope. It reveals a supernatural Birth. It was a supernatural birth. If you look at the whole story of Jesus, we a whole birth of Jesus, everything that involves into, we understand is a supernatural birth. Listen, Mary didn't have any relations with any humans. It was through the Holy Spirit. And people say, well, listen, listen. You either believe in God or you don't. You follow that? You either believe that God created all and created you. You either believe in the, in the very basic doctrines of Christianity or you don't. But for us to pick and choose what I believe and I don't, we are on the wrong. Listen, Jesus was born of a virgin through the Holy Spirit, and that's Bible. That's what the Bible teaches us. And in all these nonsense stories that goes on out there, well, let them do no nonsense stories. All right? This preacher right here, that's what he believes. Because in the name of Jesus is a powerful name. Number two, let's look at our point, our second point. Jesus' name reveals his purpose. Jesus' name speaks it loud and clear of the nature of his coming purpose. Jehovah is, or Jesus, the name means Jehovah is salvation. Where do we find salvation? In Jesus. But you're not going to find salvation in the church. The church doesn't save anyone. The word of God saves people. You're not going to find salvation in religion. You're definitely not going to find salvation in your job. You're not going to find salvation in your peers. 
You're not going to find salvation in the politics. Oh, they're all corrupt. You know? You know? You're going to find salvation in Jesus. By faith alone in Jesus alone. Oh, salvation from what? Oh, that's a good question. I'm safe from what? I don't feel like I'm in danger. Yeah, you are. Because if you drop dead, you never see heaven. See, we think in the here and now. Oh, no, no. We people, human beings, we are two steps away from eternity. That's the reality. Nobody have assurance of another minute. Nobody have assurance of another tomorrow. And we need salvation. What's up? Spiritual salvation. When your spirit departs from this frame of yours, is going somewhere. Where? Oh, I don't know. I hope so. I go. I hope I go to heaven. How you want to go to heaven if you don't believe in Jesus? You know, it's, it's just the silliness of it. How you, how you want to go to heaven if you don't believe in Jesus? How you want to go to heaven if you don't care by his name at all? What do you want to go to heaven? Oh, yeah, I'm a good person. You are? Really? You're a good person. Compared to who? Oh, yeah, I'm better than this. I'm better than this. I'm better, I'm better than you. Okay, good. You're not better than God, that's for sure. There we have it. Jesus' name reveals his purpose. Why did Jesus was born for? So you and I can go to heaven. He came to give you a free gift of salvation. Something that you and I can never possess. We cannot grab or get. There's nothing we can do to have that salvation. Only God can give us. But what do you do? You have to believe that Jesus is who he said he is. I am. I am the Savior. I am the Good Shepherd. I can save you. Would you repent of your sin? Would you confess your sin? Would you call upon me for salvation? I give you that free gift. It speaks of his desire, number one, or number one, the letter A. The name reveals a God with a desire to save sinners. Look what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Folks, let me put it this way right here. It's not that we love God, it's that God loves us. You follow that? The salvation came because God loves us. Now we loving him. We don't love God. Actually, we, those who don't believe in him, they are enemies of God. Why do you think people curse God all the time? Because they're God's enemies. They don't care about God. Let me tell you this one. These people that curse all the time and, and spew the name of God into it, you know, why didn't they put their loved ones, their mother's name there and their father and their loved one, their spouse? Why didn't they? Because they love those people. But they put God's name in there. It speaks of his desire. It was God who loves us unconditionally, regardless how bad we are, and says, I will be born, I will grow on earth, I will preach, I will, I will reveal myself to you, I'll go to Calvary's cross, I will shed my blood for you, so I can give you salvation because I love you. And people say, so what? I don't love you. Isn't that what people do? When you talk to somebody about Jesus and they say, oh, I'm all sad. I don't want to hear it. And they come out with these. When they tell you, I don't love you. I don't want what you have. They will die in their sins. Let it be. It speaks of his deliverance. Jesus' name is so powerful because it speaks of his deliverance. Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
Behold, he had anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Don't misunderstand this word right here. He's not talking about poor and destitute. He's talking about those who are poor in spirit. He had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set a liberty, them they are bruised. You see, God is looking into the heart of man and said, you know what? I come to set you free. How many people, their spirits are captive today? How many spirit, how many people are hurting, are brokenhearted, destitute of everything? And the only thing that can fill that void is God. There are people that might everything, have everything right now. You may be even watching me. Have everything that money can buy. They can, I said, I don't need God. I don't need anything. You know what? They will die and everything will stay behind. And they will die empty without God. Right. Definitely you came with nothing and you leave with nothing. You know, goodness and riches are good for a season. It would take wings and fly away. It speaks of his deliverance. Let us see it speaks of his death. The name of Jesus reminds us the fact that he came to this world to die for our sin. The only way the sin problem could have been dealt with is through the shedding of his blood. Think about it. The very fact that, that Herod tried to kill every child in Bethlehem, it speaks loud how powerful the name of Jesus is. You know, he knew, Satan knew what happened. And he tried everything to stop it. Because God's promise came to be fulfilled and it came. And he tried. And even today, he puts blindness on people's eyes so they don't see the truth. And our world is spiritually blinded today. And the church is in a state of apathy. Many churches become comedy clubs and they forgot to preach the gospel to the poor and brokenhearted. Shame on a church that named the name of Jesus and is totally full of apathy and entertainment. The church is the place where the word of God is preached and proclaimed to the poor and brokenhearted. People need to hear the word of Christ, need to hear the word of God and make a decision about salvation. What happened to the pulpits of America? What happened to the churches of America? We more, we more, we more uh, consumed about marketing people than we are about preaching the gospel. It speaks of his death. Bethlehem speaks of Calvary. Jesus came so you and I can have an opportunity of eternal life in heaven. Can you imagine? Can you? I mean... One day in eternity, we will understand what it is to be a child of the king. Because this world will pass by. And it's passing by, by the way. You see your age? You see yourself in the mirror? <laughs> it's passing us by, isn't it? You know? So people say, wait a minute, you know, we used to celebrate Christmas different than we do today. What's wrong with me? You're getting older. <laughs> the world is passing you by. You know? Goodness. You spend all week long with the blinking on top of you. Like, What's wrong with me? Like, oh, good night. <laughs> it speaks. 
Uh, let's go to our point number three. Uh, Jesus' name. Jesus' name reveals His power. It reveals His power. Let's go to Isaiah chapter nine and look at verse six. His name shall. Look what it says. That word. That word shall. I mean, it will positively what happen. Be called. Notice the name is singular and not plural here. Not his names, his name. Jesus' name display all the following characteristics is the same thing right here. Folks, Christmas is a wonderful time of the year that we all enjoy. It is a time that we have the opportunity to gather with friends and family. We do things differently because it's Christmas time. It's a great celebration. However... If we weren't very careful, we will allow the busyness of the season and the emphasis of gifts to cloud our vision of what we're really celebrating here. Celebrating Him. Now, when we sing Happy Birthday to Barbara, who we were celebrating? Barbara. Don't say Jesus. Barbara. We were celebrating her. We were singing, you know, you know, Happy birthday, you know, I'm glad that you, that you uh, have another birthday. Isn't that wonderful, you know? But, you know, it's a, so at Christmas time we celebrate Jesus, his birthday. You know, I am afraid that this December 25th birthday celebration, many people forgot the honor guest. They forgot the honor guest. They forgot who they were celebrating. Some celebrate themselves. Some celebrated their children. Some celebrated God knows what. They totally forgot to celebrate who was the honored guest. They forgot to celebrate Jesus. Letter A there under that third point, the power of his salvation. Isaiah 9, 6, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What a comfort and hope we find in this verse. Unto us a child is born, our blessed Lord came to redeem us from our sin. He came to ransom the lost from condemnation of hell. This was not a fact-finding mission here. Christ came with a purpose, and the purpose is, you know what? It was you. That was the purpose. When Jesus came to Bethlehem, your name was in his mind. He came for you. He came for me. Jesus Christ came for me, came for you, and he came for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Christ came so we might be saved and forgiven from our sin. May we not forget the powerful name of Jesus and the powerful purpose of Christmas. Let it be the power of a submission. For unto us a child is born. Many times we fail to see the enormity of Jesus' incarnation right here. Listen, folks, if we don't believe in the incarnation right here, we have a problem here. 
We are not talking about a child that was born and achieved greatness in his life. No, we're talking about the Son of God, the second person of the Godhead, laying aside the glory that he possessed and veil his deity in a body of flesh so he could go to Calvary's cross. I'll tell you what, that is the greatest gift you and I can receive at Christmas time. Forget about, the, 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 forget about the, whatever gift you got. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, you can have the greatest gift, a new bicycle, a new car, whatever you had. You know what? You know the greatest gift that never gets old is that gift that comes from heaven, the Lord Jesus. You know, by the way, many people have gifts and they're already complaining how they don't like it. And already the next day they go to the store or go to Amazon try to return it because, huh, I can't believe so I'm so give me this thing. Another gift of salvation. I never seen, I never, I never... Witness, I never took with anybody that as a Christian that said, I wish I never became one. They're all grateful. They are saved. The power of a submission. Jesus was willing to submit himself to such a low estate so you and I could go to heaven. Let us see the sacrifice, the power of a sacrifice. Look what it says, unto us a son is given. Keep in mind that this was no ordinary child. This was the Son of God given for the sins of the world. God the Father offered His only begotten Son so that we might receive salvation. I'll tell you what. What a wonderful gift is the gift of Jesus. What a powerful name is the name of Jesus. It is a powerful name. Let it be the power of a sovereignty. Look at verse 6. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. There is likely one of the, of the passages that caused confusion among the Jews as Christ dwelt upon earth. They, they were looking for a king to deliver them from the bondage of Rome. Isaiah is looking beyond the life and death of Christ to his future reign here on earth. For many who received the life of Christ, he appeared to be, uh, I'm sorry, for many who viewed the life of Christ, it appeared that he had, he was, he had, he had failed. But it's something that, that people didn't understand. The Jews were looking for somebody to overtake in the Roman government. And when Isaiah was talking about, he was talking about the millennial reign of Christ right here. After. Because Jesus came as a servant to die for the sins of mankind. That was prophesied. That was promised. But after that, when Jesus comes a second time, that's what the world's going to have a surprise. They think that Jesus is going to come at this poor little servant who anybody can mock and make fun of it. Oh, no. He's going to come as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and establish his kingdom on earth for a thousand years. He's going to rule and reign. And the Bible says with a rod of iron. He will be the most perfect government earth ever, ever seen. But the Jewish people rejected him. But it says that the government shall be upon his shoulders. We see letter E, the power of a supremacy. And his name shall be called, look what it says, Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Here Isaiah describes that the name that is above every name is called wonderful. This is the idea of being supernatural and extraordinary right here. Clearly there's nothing ordinary or coming about our Lord. He is exalted. He's, a, he's our exalted Savior. Counselor speaks of Christ being our guide. You know, that's what we need for life. 
People spend thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in all kinds of, of, of therapies, all kinds of stuff. You know what we need? The counsel of God's word. They say, well, that's an old book. Well, you know what? That will change your life completely. Read it. Apply it. And see what it's going to do to you. It's going to change your life. I love when people say, you Christians are weird. I say, no, no, you know Christians are weirder than we are. We just have common sense. I don't think I'm weird. I just have common sense. I think common sense doesn't fit in our world anymore. Because our world is full of no common sense. And you scratch your head and say, what kind of planet do you come from? Not me. I tell them. Oh, you're too old-fashioned. I'm old-fashioned. Okay. Number three is the mighty God speaks of Christ being the strong one, the, the I am, the conqueror, the one who is mighty and invincible. The everlasting Father, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. We are not, ser not serving one who has no wisdom or, or lacks experience. We are serving, folks, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Look what Revelation says, Revelation 1, 8, it says... I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning of the end, said the Lord, which is, which was and which is to come, the Almighty. I tell you, folks, the Prince of Peace. There's no peace in our world. There's no peace in our world. All right, you drive down the street and you uh, cut somebody off and see if you have peace with the person that you just cut off. You do that. There's no peace in our world. Everybody is, is like have the anger under their skin. And they're ready to explode. You know? But we can find peace in Jesus. I know that you found peace in Jesus, didn't you? The moment of salvation, what we did? We made peace with God. And we have the peace of God in our hearts. The world does not understand the peace of God because the world doesn't have the peace of God. He is the Prince of Peace. When He comes, He comes with peace. That's why we sing joy to the world, the Lord has come. That's why the angels sing. He is the Prince of Peace. I conclude with this as we reflect on Christmas reflect on the end of this year and in this coming new year my prayer to you is who is Jesus to you what do you have done in your life what is the reason for such a celebration as name is the source of our salvation as name is the hope of our hearts as name can break sin's bondage and, and cold the heart and, and warm the hearts of men. His name can lift up the greatest burdens. His name can comfort the brokenhearted. His name is a name worth knowing because he, sp he speaks of a Savior worth loving. His name is everlasting. His name unlocks the doors of heaven and closes the gates of hell. His name saves the wild sinners, redeems the blackest soul, and secures the precious saints. Do you know Jesus? Jesus' name is a powerful name.
Listen to this. Emmanuel, God with us. We worship a living God. We celebrate a living God. Right. You know what? So when you sing, sing. When you worship, worship. When you talk about Jesus, talk about Jesus. When you serve him, serve him. You know why? Because he is the Lord. He is our king. He is our heavenly father. We owe him everything. You see that? A new year is coming ahead. Mm, let's move for Jesus. He is worthy of our praise. Shall we pray, Heavenly Father? Thank you, Lord, for your love, your mercy, your goodness. Thank you, Lord, for the powerful name of Jesus. It changes lives and continue to change, Lord. And I pray if there's someone online tonight, this morning, or online, or uh, even here at a church, and ever received Jesus as personal Savior. Lord, may today, Lord, they recognize how powerful your name really is and how much they need you. May they repent of this sin. May they confess this sin towards you, Lord, and they call upon you for salvation this hour. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you could stand, please. Let's sing a song of invitation, 294. You know how Jesus wants you to come to him just as you are? Broken, discouraged, beaten down, just as I am, Lord, and you will save you where you are. had a very discouraging year you might have had a lot of problems this past year you might looking to a better year you say I hope I have a, good, a better year and it's good to be optimistic believe me optimism is a good thing you know to make some optimistical uh, uh, or optimistical dreams and say I'm going to do this I'm going to do that yes that's a wonderful thing to do before the year's over, just say, Lord, thank you for the year that you give me. Thank you that I'm still here. You know, Lord, I have some things that I'm not proud of it. But I have some good things that, Lord, I, I, you helped me. I'm encouraged. The one thing that you should not forget to say, Lord, as I enter this new year, please go with me. I don't want to be alone. Because if we do it alone, you know what's going to happen? We're going to go back to where we were before. 
We need him. Remember the power of his name. There is power in the name of Jesus. Call upon him. Don't forget him. When you're discouraged, call upon Jesus. When you're beaten down, call upon Jesus. When you're desperate, call upon Jesus. When you're crying, call upon Jesus. When you have victory, praise his name. Praise him. Don't forget him when you have victories. Make him part of your life this year. Make him part of your life. In the little things and in the big things. Thank you, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Jesus, I need you. You see that? There is power in the name of Jesus. Remember, he loves you. He loves you more than you love yourself. Let's sing our last, one more verse. Is our last verse. Just as I am and we not to rid my soul of one dark blood to thee whose blood can cleanse each spot of for being with us this morning. Really appreciate you being here this morning. And I know some of you have things that you're going to do today. I understand it's a special time of the year. But I just want you to repeat back to me. We are meeting tonight. What time? 5 p.m. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this time we met together. Go with us, Lord. Give us a wonderful afternoon. And bring us back again tonight in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You are the